Would you like to accelerate your career and reach your full potential in just minutes a day? Welcome to the LeadX Show with New York Times bestselling author and Inc. 500 entrepreneur, Kevin Cruz. Are your late night emails hurting your team, even if you tell them they don't have to reply to them? Hello everyone, Kevin Cruz here, and in just a minute we're going to talk about the perils of our always-on culture and outcomes versus output. But first, congratulations on being the CEO of your future. Content people seek entertainment, ambitious people seek education. And I know ambition is sometimes has a, a negative connotation. To me, ambitious people are those who are trying to make themselves a little bit better every single day. They want to make the world a little bit better as well. That would be you. You're here. Do your friends and family members a favor. Let them know that the LeadX show is the smartest way to start your day. And big thanks to all of you who left a rating and review on iTunes. It only takes about 90 seconds to do, but it's the best way to build our LeadX tribe. Now, today's quick career tip is, get ready, donuts. And I'm not kidding. There's power in donuts. I got my first real job probably when I was about 22 years old. It was a small company, small office, and just on instinct, on my way to work, very first day, I went into Dunkin' Donuts, bought a dozen donuts, and brought them in. Well, everybody came to my little cubicle to grab a donut and to say hello. It was a great way to meet everybody in the office and, of course, to make a good first impression. Later, I found out the boss had never brought donuts before, so it actually caused quite a stir. Now, you can do this as the boss. If you're thinking about how to do a great first day orientation for your new hires, just put some donuts or bagels or whatever else you would like on their desk, in their office, and just announce to their team members, that's where the donuts are. They'll meet everybody really quickly. Now, our guest today is an expert in my favorite topic of productivity and attention management and work-life balance. She writes for the Harvard Business Review and many other esteemed publications. She is a speaker, trainer, and founder of RegainYourTime.com, and her new book is Work Without Walls, an executive's guide to attention management, productivity, and the future of work. Our guest is Maura Thomas. Maura, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Happy to be here. Oh, it's great. And we're going to talk about your book, Work Without Walls, in just a minute. But I always ask our guests the same first question. Will you share with us a time when you failed and what did you learn from it? Because we all want to learn from your failure, too. Absolutely. My mistake early in my career was I underestimated the value of leadership. I am a, a corporate trainer, so I go in and deliver trainings inside companies, and I made the mistake of not ensuring that the leadership was really um, interested and invested and was going to participate in the training. So I showed up to deliver the training, and the leader came in and said, this is really great. Mars, Mars here. This is really, really important stuff. You really should pay attention to her. And I'm sure it's going to be great. And I will see you when it's over. Bye. And you could just see the whole room just sort of, it was like somebody sucked all the air out of right. the room because the leadership really does set the tone and the leadership behaviors really do impact the team. Nobody wanted the boss to think that they needed the skills if the boss didn't think that she needed the skills. And so as a leader, I think it's really important to make sure that your team is looking to you for cues all the time. And now I absolutely ensure that 
either the CEO or the the leader of the department or some level of leadership is invested and is participating in the training when we do it. And it goes much better. Great story to share more. I mean, it, it just shows again that as leaders, our actions really speak louder than words and we're being watched all of the time. And Maura, you first came to my attention. It actually wasn't in your book. It was uh, an HBR, a Harvard Business Review article that really took off uh, in a good way. It was called Your Late Night Emails Are Hurting Your Team. Now, I'm a startup guy, so I used to be very guilty of sending emails, you know, all through the night and on the weekend to different team members. And I think now, you know, we all sort of understand why that's bad, this 24-7 work around the clock. But then I was still sending the emails late at night, weekends. But I told my team, said, hey, I'm not expecting you to be checking your inbox after hours. I certainly don't expect a reply, but I just don't want to forget it. It's just the way I work. So I'm just getting it out of my mind. Now, you say that's still a bad idea. Tell me why. It goes back to the same idea that um, the team is looking to the leader for cues. And so there's really two, two reasons. One is ambition and one is attention, a lack of attention management. So the ambition issue is it's just like in the training, hey, boss, um, you know, I, I want you to think that I am as dedicated as you are. I want you to think that I'm as, um, you know, as skilled as you are. I'm as, uh, you know, I'm here, right? I'm an A player. And so so you're sending the an email as the leader. So the team is going to think, well, you're working, I'm working, right? I don't want you to think I'm slacking off if, right. uh, if other people around here are working late. So um, ambition is the first reason. And you never know when, um, if, if just one person, one person sending an email and then one person responding and now other people come into the office and see that there was an email chain overnight and realize that they missed something, everybody wants an edge in their career. So now that spreads through the organization like wildfire and soon everybody is, you know, nobody's getting any sleep. Everybody's working around the clock, never unplugging. So that's the first issue. And then the second one is attention management. Just people are um, so plugged in all day. And so the expectations, especially for email, I think that we've forgotten that email is supposed to be asynchronous communication. <laughs> and yet we treat it as if it's immediate responses. And, you know, part of that, again, is by, from leadership, you know, oh, we, we provide excellent customer service and excellent customer service means um, immediate response or, or fast response, but then fast is never, uh, is never defined. And so it becomes the default that immediate is best. So you're checking all day long, every minute, checking your email, checking your email, or you're not checking, you just have it open. You have your email open and downloading all day long. And so it's always calling your attention away every you know, minute you're getting distracted by the new email coming in, it's impossible to turn that off, that sort of desire to check, 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 just because you've walked out the door. Your brain doesn't know that it's not time to do that anymore, right? And so you find yourself, you know, you're driving at home, you stop at a stoplight, check your email. You get home, you pull into the garage before you get out of the car, you check your email. You're sitting with your family at dinner, you check your email. You're watching TV with your family and your fingers are just sort of idly tapping. You don't really mean to work, but your fingers are just because doing only one thing is boring these right. days, right? These days. So your fingers are just idly tapping on your phone while you're watching TV with your family. And before you know it, you've hit that little email icon. And now you've got to run upstairs and dig through your Dropbox, get open your laptop and, uh, 
you know, find that file because somebody needs it. And before you know it, it's 11 o'clock at night and you miss the whole movie with your family. So your inability to control your attention is a real problem. But that's why sending emails at night sets the tone for the whole organization. Yeah, more you, you hit on so much great stuff there. And I've got to admit, I was having a conversation with a, a friend of mine, uh, Dr. Mike, who about this whole idea of uh, sending late night emails, but telling people they don't have to respond. And, and he challenged me and said, all right, Kevin, you know, you're, you're a boss. You, let's say it's you've got to promote someone and there's two people on your team who are really close. They both could do the job. You're not quite sure who should get the promotion. But one throughout the last year always responded immediately to your late night emails, your weekend emails, and the other didn't. And he said, honestly, wouldn't that weigh, you know, as a factor to like give them the edge? And in a moment of honesty, I had to say, yeah, you know, like that, that was helpful or they seem just a little bit, you know, more get up and go. And so, you know, we have to lead with our actions and more. You talked about that word, check our email. And, and I, fall into the bad trap of saying the word and sometimes doing it. And I always say, you know, we got to think about processing our email like yeah. any other task, not checking, checking, checking all of the time. So it really uh, is a big problem. And, and this is just the the article. Your article was, I mean, it took off because of this specific email issue, but your new book, Work Without Walls, explores this broader issue of Everybody complains about not having enough time and time management, but you say it's really a workplace culture problem. So tell me more about the, the bigger picture. Yeah, the culture of productivity inside an organization is usually created without intention. It's the result of the habits of the people inside the company and especially of the leadership. So habits like late night emails, habits like, you know, the boss is often the one to drop by and interrupt people um, all the time because when the boss wants it, everybody drops everything. But really, maybe that employee was deep in concentration on some task, although that is more and more rare, which is another problem. <laughs> and if the boss is dropped in on people and that's always okay, then everybody gets the clue that, well, this is how we do things. We just get up and interrupt people all the time. And things like um, a lot of people have two computer monitors, right? The, the organization provides two computer monitors or more, three, if you ask for it. And even that sends a message because a good reason to use two computer monitors is if you're trying to do a task on the computer that just requires a ton of real estate, right? right, two, right. two monitors worth of real estate. But the way most people end up using their two monitors is to have their email open and downloading on one monitor and whatever work they're trying to get done on the other monitor. And so it virtually guarantees that you are interrupted, you know, every 30 seconds, 60 seconds, 120 seconds. And so what I always say to the leaders I work with is, does any of the work that your team does at your organization require more than, you know, 60 seconds of sustained attention? <laughs> <laughs> right? But we behave, but people inside organizations and leaders are guilty as well, as if, attention isn't necessary. Focus isn't necessary. We hire people based on, I mean, nobody ever asked somebody in a job interview, how many things can you do at once? How many emails do you manage to respond to in a day? We ask people about their experience, about their knowledge, about their problem solving abilities, and then we drop them into a situation at our company where they can't even apply that, that knowledge and that wisdom in any meaningful way. 
Yeah, that's fascinating. I, I remembered uh, reading that on average now we we respond to emails in less time than we answer our phone. So our phone device has now become this interruption machine that, you know, interrupts us more frequently than or faster than we would actually, if the thing ever rang, we wouldn't know what to do. <laughs> but, yeah. uh, it, you know, it takes us longer to answer that than just to, to check email, which is out of control. And, and I can't help but ask about, you know, your views on this trend uh, to open office environments. You know, I think the the when they first started spreading around Facebook and others, you know, it's with the spirit of we want to foster communication and serendipity and creativity by literally having no walls and the CEO won't even have an office. You know, she has to sit out in the cube farm with, with everyone else. And I think the cynics always thought, yeah, this is just a cost saving move, uh, that they're saying is about communication. Um, and of course, I've never met an individual who said, yeah, I liked it when they moved me from my office into this open uh, environment. I mean, what's your take on it? Yeah, I did a lot of research on that from my book, and I did, in fact, find one study that showed that, um, you know, all the good things about an open office plan were uh, were true, that it fostered collaboration, um, but it wasn't an academic study. It was a study by a, um, a manufacturer of office furniture. <laughs> How convenient. <laughs> um, right? Uh, all of the other uh, research is, is that it's not particularly helpful, but really I think that the open office floor plan is not to blame. It's it's the implementation of the floor plan. And again, it's the culture of the organization. So I think you can implement a floor plan if you also consider the importance of quiet time and focus and even privacy on people's ability to bring their best work to, to their jobs every day. If you, um, like I advise my clients to do things like um, maybe desks on wheels. Mm. So that you can push your desks together when you, you're doing either low focus work or collaborative work. But then when you have um, quiet, intensive focus work that you need to do, you can just sort of scoot over to the corner, um, put your back to the office, and that can give people the message that, hey, I'd really prefer not to be disturbed right now. Also, soft furnishings can muffle sound. So some offices can, with the high ceilings and the hard surfaces right. everywhere, they can get really loud. And so um, things like curtains and, and rugs and plants, those kinds of things can muffle sound. Um, I think privacy is really important for people because some of the studies show that when people are being watched, they're uncomfortable and they they lose some of their natural irreverence and yet irreverence fosters creativity. Uh, we feel like we're being watched and so we spend some time, you know, worrying about what it looks like we're doing instead of actually just getting our work done. So so instead of all glass, perhaps um, some some uh, frosted glass or stripes stripes of frosted glass, so that people do have some um, some privacy. So those are all some things. Again, it's it's not the the office itself; it's really the implementation. 
I have just sort of an ear for language and little sound bites. I just love that you say that, you know, irreverence fosters creativity and, and we lose that irreverence if we're uncomfortable. And that, that was something I was surprised at. I do hear, uh, among the complaints, certainly there's the noise complaints and the interruption, the got a minute, uh, complaints, but just as many people I've heard complain about, you know, it's uncomfortable having everybody, you know, watch me get up and use the bathroom a million times a day or run and refill my water or whatever it is. And uh, mm. you, you obviously are not going to be at peak productivity or creativity if you're uncomfortable in, in the space you're working in all day. Right. So, Maura, before we wrap up, I always ask our listeners to become 1% better every day, just a little bit better. So give us a challenge. What's one specific thing we can do today to get a little bit better? Yeah. Most of your listeners, I'm guessing, are knowledge workers, which means that the outputs of their job are decisions, communication, information, all things that rely on the tool that they bring to work every day, their brain, right? If you are a knowledge worker, then your brain is the tool of your job. So two things matter to that, to your output. Not only the physical functioning of the organ, like does it have enough glucose to power you through the day? Did you get enough sleep? Are all the neurons firing properly? But also your attitudes, your feelings, your emotions, all of those things are going to affect your output as well. So your most important resource is everybody, you know, time management is about making the best use of your resources. Your most important resources are not time or money. They, they are your body and your mind. And so one specific thing, so it's important to remember that one specific thing that you could do, though, is to take time off, like truly, truly off every single day and on the weekends or a couple of days a week, whatever your schedule, um, whatever your schedule is, but time when you are truly away, disconnected, you can't get a fresh perspective on something you never step away from. Love it. Yeah. My uh, biggest ideas and strategic breakthroughs always occur when I'm not working, when I'm, <laughs> when I'm not at work. Funny how it works like that. So Maura, I want to thank you for coming on to the Lead X show and please tell our listeners how they can find out more about, you know, you, your company, your work. Absolutely. Thanks. Yeah. You can learn pretty much everything you need to know about me at regainyourtime.com. Of course, my two books, Work Without Walls and Personal Productivity Secrets, and a little primer on attention management versus time management, you can find at attentionmanagement.com. Perfect. All right, friends, you've just been mentored by productivity guru, Maura Thomas. Don't forget, you can get all the links she just mentioned and the notes from this interview over at leadx.org. And you can get Maura's book from amazon.com or your favorite bookstore. That's it for today's episode of the LeadX show. But don't forget, you can download still our free, 100% free ebook, Richard Branson's Seven Secrets to Leadership at leadx.org forward slash Branson. Until next time, remember, leadership is not a choice because leadership isn't about authority. It's about influence. You influence people with both your words and your silence. We are all leaders. Lead with intent. 